you for joining episode two of Milkshake Mondays. I'm Anita Helm. Pastor Helm is my husband. We're going to be out of Luke chapter 17 tonight. Because I only have 15 minutes, I got to start right away. I want to title this one, Too Busy to Be Thankful. And you'll understand in a minute what I'm getting ready to talk about. Imagine that you understand that Jesus walked wherever he went. And he's going from Jerusalem. And if you see in verse 11 of chapter 17 of Luke, it says, as he was coming, he went to Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Now, I want you to understand something about the people he's getting ready to encounter. Leprosy back then was a skin disease that was very contagious. And because of that, people had to stay on the outskirts and they were in their own places because no one wanted to be contaminated. Even these men may have been fathers or husbands or grandfathers or sons. It didn't matter who they were. They had this infectious disease of leprosy. So as Jesus is about to enter a certain village, these men, 10 of them, see him afar off, but they go to meet Jesus. And what they do is they yell his name. They say, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. And as you see, the passage goes through from 11 to 19. A lot of stuff is happening fast, but I want to break it down so that you can have an understanding because what's happening to a lot of us is we're so busy doing things, things that in the eternity won't matter. I understand that we all have to go to work. We have families, we have responsibilities, we have jobs. There's a lot of things we want to do for fun. But in reality, if you're so busy that it's becoming a burden and it's baggage, you got to be careful of that. And this is an opportunity that I want you to look at what happened in this passage. So these 10 men are seeing Jesus and they cry out to him, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. And Jesus looks at them and saw them. And the words after he saw them, he said, go, show yourself to the priest. And it talks about them hearing what he said. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. But I want you to see something in this passage. Jesus saw them. A lot of us don't realize that Jesus sees who we are. He knows the conditions that we have. They're not always sicknesses and diseases, but we have some emptiness and we have things going on in our lives that only he understands and he sees you. And when he sees you, he sees your need. But look at what those men did first. They recognized who Jesus was. They called on him, they went to meet him, and they asked, have mercy on us. And he looked at them to the point that he realized their need and he answered them. And he said right after that, go show yourselves to the priest. And they went. They didn't say, okay, I want you to heal me. All of us, I want you to heal all of us. He said, go show yourself to the priest. And they immediately went without questioning him, without doubting, they just went. And this one thing that happened, so you understand what I'm going to talk about, too busy to be thankful. One of the guys, as he's running, he stops and realizes he's been cleansed. He's been healed. And they say he returned back to where Jesus was. And look at verse 15 and see what he did. It says, and one of them, when he saw that he was healed, he returned and with a loud voice glorified God, fell down on his face at his feet, at Jesus' feet giving him thanks. Now, a lot of us in church or don't go to church, we use our voices for a lot of things, whether it's at a game, you're excited about a win or a touchdown or a basketball or a soccer goal, whatever it is, you use your voice for many things. 
But this guy wasn't ashamed to use his voice because he's been ostracized. He's ostracized, big word, means he's been put out. He's been estranged. He has been left in the cold to stay away from everybody. And now he can be a part. Now you, wonder, you may wonder, why did Christ say, go and show yourself to the priest? Because it was the priest who had to declare and say, these guys who are unclean and sick, they're now healed. So that's why he said, go and show yourself to the priest. But even in the midst of that, that one guy said, Jesus has just done a miracle for me. And he wanted to go back. Even though he knew he had to go take care of showing the priest so he could be cleansed, so he can get his life back. He said, I got to talk to the person. I've got to glorify him. I got to thank him for what he's given me which is my life back. And some of us are finding ourselves in this second part of what happens in this story. The guy comes back, he's laying prostrate, which means laying on his face to Jesus Christ. And then Jesus says, look at what Jesus says in verse 17. So Jesus answered and said, were there not 10 cleansed? Of course, Jesus knew there were 10 cleansed. He did it. Were there not 10 cleansed, but where are the nine? That's where I want to talk about being too busy. A lot of us are part of the nine. We have allowed all of our schedules, our tasks, our everything we need to get done. I need to do this. I need to go do this. I need to take care of this. Baby, you know I can't do that. I got to do this. Where are the other nine? And Christ is trying to tell us that you have a responsibility to think about what he's done for all of us. He's not just cleansed us, he saved us. He had a choice and he came from eternity because he loved each and every one of us. But we are so busy, we're like the other nine. We don't have time. And look what Christ says here. He says, were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, arise, because he was on his face. Arise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. In some interpretations, it says made you whole. A lot of us are not whole. We have a lot of things going on in our lives to try to fill a hole, a H-O-L-E, but we're not W-H-O-L-E, whole, well, because we still don't have that connection with Jesus Christ. I want you to see in the other passage of scripture, it's a lot of scriptures, but I'm only going to summarize what, what it says in Luke chapter 16. Starting with the passage of verse 19 through 31. But I want you to understand what happens. When you take the time to be unthankful because you're so busy and you're so important and everything about what you want, selfishly what you want, me and mine, this is what happens. It talks about Lazarus, a poor man, a beggar. And it talks about a very wealthy man. It just calls him rich man, doesn't even give him a name. And it's not about being rich or poor, but it's about priorities. You can find that you have all the beautiful clothes and the houses and all the wealth in the world, and you have all those temporary treasures that you're going after. But when the time comes where both of us, those two people in this scripture here, are buried, one finds himself in hell and one finds himself in heaven. And what happens is the rich man is still in his arrogance. He looks up at Father Abraham and he says, Lazarus, have Lazarus tip his finger in some water and have him bring it and put it on my tongue because I'm hot. I'm being tormented. 
And everyone said, oh, no, 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 bro. That's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. And he explains in this passage why it's not going to happen. But I want you to see that in verse 25, what he says, but Abraham said to this rich man in hell, son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things and Lazarus received evil things. A lot of us will find ourselves receiving the best things. I see these TV shows and I look at the beautiful interior design and the 30,000 square feet and the 6,000 square feet and the 15 cars and the, the minks and the furs and the jewelry and they're going this place and that place and they have this thing, hair is bling bling and everybody's on fleek and all this stuff looks really good, the good things. But it reminds me that scripture says that we're building bigger barns and we're being so selfish and not sharing. But we got time to get all this stuff, but we don't have time to be thankful. We're too busy. We're too busy. But what you see in the story, even in this guy's torment in hell, his arrogance is as Lazarus so beneath me, just tell him to do what I want to be done. Have him give me some water. Oh, and go, and this is the part that at the end of the scripture here, he says, I beg you, Father Abraham. He says, I beg you. He says in verse 27, I beg you, therefore, Father, that you would send him, talking about Lazarus, he's still in hell, full of himself, send him to my father's house. The guy is so into his own me and mine, that when it talks about hell and Hades and being tormented, he's not even thinking about all of the others. He's only limited to his rich family, his kin, his five brothers. And that's the problem with us who say that we love Jesus Christ and we want to go. We want to take care of, of me and mine. I want to make sure my family's okay. If I got a dog, I got to share it with my family. But the guy that's on the street, the beggar, that stranger, we don't want to share Jesus Christ and his love with the people that we don't know. And that's not what God is doing. And that's not what Jesus was showing. He was meeting women at the well. He was meeting prostitutes. He was meeting tax collectors. He was meeting people that they, did, they were criticizing him. But we don't want to be criticized. We want to hang with ours. We want to hang with the the top percent or the low percent or the middle percent, whoever is closest to what we feel are our folks. But that's not how Christ is. Christ loves everybody. And he wants us to take the time to not be so busy to thank him, but to recognize that he's done something worthy to be thanked. You know, people get really caught off by talking about salvation, but I want to put it in a simple way. When I talk to the people at nursing homes or kids, this is what I tell them. I said, when it comes to praying, you don't have to make it elaborate. Here's the basics of going in your prayer closet and explaining something. You let God know, I messed up. I've done something in my lives and I'm going to do things in my future's time here, God. Did I want you to forgive me? I'm, I'm really sorry and regretful and that's what repent i'm sorry forgive me god i understand this is what you tell him this is what you tell him in your private time that jesus christ loved me enough and came and he's your son and this is something that we tell children you know what a child 
wants you to pick them up and they put their hands up and they say, pick me up. And some of us have to lift up our hands and get out of our pride and ask God, pick me up, God, help me, help me. I tell the elderly people, I said, if you can say nothing else, say, God, help me, help me. I need you to guide and lead my life. I need you to help me grow. Some of you are babies and you've been in, in houses of worship for 30, 40 years. And some of you don't even go. And you find that it's okay. And it's not okay. I can't tell you how many times people in my life that I love, I absolutely love people. And they tell me, me and the man upstairs are great. God, now nah, we just great. I don't need to go. I don't need to pray. We talk all the time. Well, if you're talking to God all the time, he's going to say, you need to come and worship me. You need to be around people to help strengthen you, encourage you. We need to talk. We need to read. And that's, I can read. I don't need to go to a church. All those are excuses. You can't be so busy in this life that everything that God has asked of you, you don't want to do it. Everything he needs for you to grow, you just don't want to do it. You don't want to go. You don't want to pray. You don't want to read. You don't want to sing. But then you go into heaven. And I think we have to be prepared that if we're too busy to be thankful to God and we're part of the other nine, you got to be careful because I don't want to find that any person that God is trying to draw because of me didn't hear it from me in the most simple way. So I know this is a little heavy, but I want you all to realize that this is about eternity. This is about eternity. We are not playing games. And I'm, I'm one that they say, oh, she may talk to you for 15 minutes, but I'm going to take this 15 minutes because some of you, you're not going to hear the word of God. And every Sunday that I go to visit the nursing home, there's always a nice picture of a nice male or female that is gone. And every time I go to see them and I teach them, I teach them as though this may be the very last word from the Lord that they hear. And I am praying, just like I'm praying right now, that if somebody is under the sound of my voice, whether you're hearing it for the first time, Jesus Christ loves you and he sees you and he sees your need beyond the muscles and the makeup and all the this luxury or all the, the sadness. He sees you. And I just pray this evening that you do something for him, which is go to him and say, help me, Lord. I need you. So I know that was heavy, a little heavier than a milkshake, but for those who are just starting out, you got to start at the very beginning, which is you need to have the relationship with him. He has got the Holy Spirit drawing you. And something that I'm praying that he gets under you, that he's going to bother you so much. You go, what do you want me to do? He's going to say, come to me. Like a baby, come to me. Let him lift you up because that's where we get our help. I love you and I hope to see you next week.